Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates.
is your early Sunday morning gospel program. Morning inspirations here on Talk to and Jam Radio. Don't forget we have prayer coming up this hour. And the broadcast from Unlocking the Bible. All coming up this hour here on Talk to you and Jam Radio. Here's the Leon. I shall wear a
to the European woman and the lady from the Orient. I've got a message for you, girl. This is the master, the master's message that is sent. Bless their hands, 
evangelical circles to talk about giving your heart to Jesus. We use this phrase very often, don't we? There's nothing wrong with that. But it is worth noting that this is not the language of the Bible. After all, why should it only be your heart? Welcome to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and Colin, if give your heart to Jesus is not the language of the Bible, what is? <laughs> well, Romans uh, chapter 12, present your bodies as living sacrifices. So it's very easy when we go down with the heart kind of language to get the idea that being a Christian is essentially about holding a set of beliefs or having a set of experiences and feelings. And it's with our bodies that we are able to act. And that's why it's very significant. Present your bodies, your whole self is to be given into the hands of God in the light of Christ's giving, his whole self for us. We're going to look at what that means in the message today. 
Well, if you can, join us in Romans chapter 12 as we continue a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. Again, here's Pastor Colin. This is the gospel. God became man in the person of Jesus. He embraced our humanity and he offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. That's Romans chapter 3 and verse 25. The cross demonstrated the love and the justice of God. Chapter 3 and verse 25 says it demonstrated his justice. Chapter 5 and verse 8 that was read earlier says it demonstrates his love. God's love and his justice meet at the cross. If you want to know the extent of God's justice, look at the cross. If you want to know the extent of God's love, look at the cross. Where Jesus became a sacrifice for your sins because this is God's answer to your problem. Second part of the answer. Forgiveness and reconciliation with God. That's Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the question here, you see, is how does what Jesus accomplished on the cross in his sacrificial death actually become effective for you? How does it touch and change your life now and touch and change your eternity forever? How are you to move from the position of knowing that God has a problem with you to being a beneficiary of God's answer that's provided for you in Jesus Christ? And the answer as to how that great transformation takes place can only be in one of two ways. Either you earn it or you receive it as a gift. And that's what Romans chapter 4 is all about. How does this blessing of God that is in and through Jesus Christ become mine, do I have to earn it by what I offer to God, or do I receive it? And Paul goes back to Abraham. And you can read right through this in Romans chapter 4, and he makes the point that Abraham didn't earn his relationship with God. It was a gift that he received as he believed God's promise. Now Paul says, and this is the argument of Romans, it's the same with us. Chapter 5, verse 1, we are justified how by faith. That's how the atonement that Jesus made, the sacrifice of Jesus, is applied to me, not by me earning it, but by me, my receiving it as a gift, and the way in which I receive that gift is through faith. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God has a problem with you. God has an answer for you. That answer involves first the sacrificial death of Jesus, which becomes effective for us as we receive this as a gift through faith. That's what Paul means when he says we're justified. And here's the third part of the answer, the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the gospel is more than forgiveness. That would make it a one-off event, wouldn't it? The gospel is the power to live a new life. And those who receive the sacrificial death of Jesus on our behalf and the justification that flows from it by faith also at the same time receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. You have the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives within you, you come to Christ, you receive the Spirit. Now, this is wonderful, and, and Paul really lays out the implications for us in Romans chapter 8. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you, you as a Christian are able to put up a fight against sin. That's Romans 
Because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you, you have the security of knowing that you belong to God's family. That's Romans 8.14. Because the Spirit of God already lives within you, God is with you, you may be certain that you will be with him, and you have a glorious future that is already guaranteed. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. So God has a problem with you, God has an answer for you. Third, dimension of the gospel. God has a purpose through you. And that really is the theme of Romans chapter 9 to 11. The question really there is, how will the world discover the answer, God's answer to the human problem? How will the world know about this? And that is the subject of Romans chapter 9 to 11. And Paul's argument there in summary very briefly is that God started with one man, Abraham. God said to Abraham, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham, here's your purpose. Your life purpose is to bring the blessing of the gospel to the nations of the world. And what was given as a life purpose to Abraham, of course, belongs to his descendants also. It was given to the people of Israel in the Old Testament to be a light to the Gentiles, and that is still God's calling to them. But now, Paul explains in Romans 11, God has grafted Gentiles into this tree that has its root in Abraham. Uh, Here's what God has done, is the argument of Romans 11. He has brought believers from all the nations of the world into this great promise that started with Abraham. You are included in it also. And that is why Paul is writing to these European Christians in Rome, you see, they're in Rome. And he writes to these Europeans, and he says to them, Abraham's mission is your mission. What God called him to do, and in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel to do, now belongs to all the people of God from every nationality. They belong to him, and they are children of Abraham by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through you that all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because it is through you that the gospel will come to the world. And so Paul argues, how shall they hear unless? This gospel is preached. Now there's the gospel, Romans 1 to 11. You're listening to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. Stay tuned. We'll get back to our teaching with Pastor Colin in just a moment. Are you feeling drained? Is your love for others running low? Maybe it's been a while since you felt loved. Hi, I'm Marilyn. I serve at The Orchard alongside Pastor Colin, and I want you to know that there's a place for you in the local church. Every week I see people coming through the doors of the church looking for love. They're not looking for someone to be friendly to them. They're looking for a real friend. And as they listen to God's word, they discover a love that takes them completely by surprise. All they hoped for was that someone, some person, would love them but they never dreamed of experiencing the love of God himself. The church is God's provision for you. If you don't already have a church where you can hear about and experience the love of the Son of God, who took on human flesh and laid down his life for you, well, what are you waiting for? You're listening to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. The first in a series entitled, Sold Out for Christ. Maybe you missed the first broadcast in this series. It's not too late to catch up. Just come to our website, unlockingthebible.org, click on Daily Broadcast, 
and you can listen to each and every broadcast. Again, our website address is unlockingthebible.org. Let's continue the message. Again, here's Pastor Colin. How then should we respond to the gospel? That's the question. May we thank God for it. Our lives and our eternity has been changed by it. The greatest privilege of our lives that folks like us should be swept up in the purpose that God gave to Abraham. What should be our response to the gospel? The question. Accept it? That sounds a little passive to me, doesn't it to you? Accept it? Believe it? Yes. Is that all? Notice how we are to respond to the gospel. Look at our verse, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, you see he's saying, in the light of all this, the gospel, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that's the gospel in a nutshell, Here's what you're to do. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Four things, simply and briefly. Number one, it's your body, not your heart. Notice that there. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, it's become popular for some reason in evangelical circles to talk about giving your heart to Jesus. We use this phrase very often, don't we? There's nothing wrong with that. But it is worth noting that this is not the language of the Bible. And uh, usually when we get away from the language of the Bible, we usually end up missing part of the message of the Bible. After all, why should it only be your heart? giving your heart to Jesus. God wants more than your heart. Not enough to say, hey, his heart was in the right place, which is usually an explanation as to why he didn't actually get anything done. Actually, it's interesting that on this subject, the Bible does not speak about us giving our heart to God. What it does do is it speaks about God giving a new heart to us. And the new heart that he gives to you becomes the source of a new life that you offer to him. Present your bodies. Because you see, the body is the capacity to act. All your actions are through your body. The body is about the capacity to act. Not just to think, not just to feel, not just to desire, but to act. That's what the body is about. And the appropriate response to the gospel is not just that you believe it, but that we act on it. John Stott puts it this way, a proper response to the gospel cannot remain an inward matter of the heart. It must be expressed in concrete actions, ministry, service that advances God's purpose in the world. It makes sense, doesn't it? You see, the challenge for the church is not just what do we believe about the gospel. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're on the side of the angels there. We've got it right. We believe the gospel. The question and the challenge for us is what will we do with the gospel? It's a challenge. Second, it's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Do you see that in this one very simple verse? 
It's your body, not your heart. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Now, that's significant because dead sacrifices are easy, right? I mean, at least they were in the Old Testament. All you had to do to bring a dead sacrifice was find a sheep, and even then some folks went for one that was not the very best and got into trouble for it. You know, it would cost you something to bring from your flock, but not too much, and once it was done, it was done until the next time. Dead sacrifices are easy. Living sacrifices are hard. The living sacrifice means that you offer everything that you are, everything that you have into the hands of Jesus Christ every day of your life. No term limits, no degrees. An appropriate response to the gospel is that I offer myself to Christ fully for as long as I have life and breath. A living sacrifice. Third, it's together, not alone. It's your body, not your heart. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. It's together, not alone. Notice what he says. Present your bodies. Plural. Now, speaking to any individual, you only have one body. I only have one body. And if Paul is talking about an individual response made in the privacy and quietness of your own heart, he would have said, each one of you should present his or her own body as a living sacrifice to God. But that's not what he says. What he does say is present your bodies, plural. So he is obviously talking to the believers at Rome as a group. In other words, he is talking about the church. Which tells us that responding to the gospel is not just an individual thing, it's a church thing. And Paul is calling the congregation at Rome, very simply, to be sold out for Jesus Christ and for his kingdom in the light of the gospel. He's calling them to be more for the gospel. He's challenging this congregation to ask the question, what can we do for the gospel? How can we offer more effectively everything that God has placed into this body and all that we share together for Christ and for his kingdom? What more can we do? And over these next few weeks, we are being asked to consider and to commit to a broader vision for the advance of the gospel through the life of this church. Romans 12. Now look at the gifts and the talents that God has given and gathered together here. So I think about the capacity of this body to act. Imagine the capacity of this body to act when fully energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about that capacity for the cause of the gospel being directed outwards in this community, in this great city, and throughout the world as we've been reminded today. your body, not your heart. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. It's together, not alone. Here's the last thing. It is reasonable, not extreme. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, Paul says, holy and pleasing to God, which is, now the NIV says, 
your spiritual worship, though it also, if you look there, has a small footnote which references a translation followed by other versions which say, your reasonable service. Now, both translations are legitimate. Reasonable service to me seems more accurate. The Greek word that's used here is logikon, logikon, from which, of course, we get our word logic or logical, hence reasonable. Now, present your bodies as a living sacrifice because this is your reasonable, logical service. That's what he's saying. It's reasonable, not extreme. Now, remember that a person who does not understand the gospel will always think that a sold-out response is extreme. To give more than 10% of your money, that would sound extreme if you don't get the gospel. To pour yourself into new enterprises and to pursue new frontiers would, would sound extreme if you don't get the gospel. But to those who have grasped the gospel and been grasped by the gospel, a sold-out response is entirely reasonable. I mean, how could it be anything less? One of the wonderful experiences, sometimes they're just little cameos, but one of the conversations last week out in Hong Kong, Chuck Crabtree in his 70s, interim pastor at a church in Discovery Bay, one of the islands of Hong Kong, come out of retirement for the fifth time in order to serve this church and transition them into a new ministry. Sat with Karen and then with his wife, chatted at length about the way in which God is blessing the ministry. His wife was strangely silent throughout the entire conversation and then Chuck towards the end said, putting his arm around her shoulder, this lady and I have been married for 53 years and we're getting along just fine. But she struggles with a form of Alzheimer's so I've had to learn some new things like cooking and cleaning and a whole bunch of other things that I never thought I'd be quite doing like this, but we're getting along just fine. Mid-70s, coming out of retirement in California for the fifth time, the other side of the world, to transition a church into a new ministry. If you don't get the gospel, that's extreme. If your life's been gripped by the gospel, it is entirely reasonable. And some of us, the sense of vision that's been shared before us might sound extreme. I want to suggest to you and ask you to consider this, that in the light of the gospel, it is entirely reasonable. Christ poured out his life as a sacrifice to death for us. What is a reasonable response except that we should pour out our God-given life 
back as a living sacrifice into his When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Because where the whole realm of nature minds that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine. Demands my life, my soul, my all. Here's the challenge, Romans 12.1. That we should offer to God the full capacity of this body to act in the power of the Holy Spirit for the advance of the gospel. And in the light of the gospel, I want to suggest that that is the only reasonable thing to do. Pastor Colin Smith here on Unlocking the Bible, really challenging us to recognize that being sold out for God isn't extreme if you have a clear picture of who you are and who God is. But yet, Colin, isn't it true that uh, some people do feel that Christians are extreme and kind of find this hard to understand? You know, Steve, that's exactly how it should be. A Christian's life should puzzle a person who does not believe, provoke questions. Peter says at one point that we should always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us. Well, the question is, who's asking? Is your life lived in such a way that it raises questions in the mind of an unbelieving kind of a person? That's the way that it ought to be if we are living in a way that is sold out for Jesus Christ. A person wants to know what motivates the kind of life, the kind of joy, the kind of passion that you have as someone who lives for Jesus Christ and we are able to answer that question. The issue is, can we provoke that question by the way that we're living? Well, thanks, Colin. Well, today's message is entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. It's part of a series called Sold Out for Christ and His Kingdom. And if you want to get a copy of this series for yourself, ask about Sold Out when you call us at 1-866-UNLOCKED or come to our website, unlockingthebible.org. When you're at the website, hope you'll connect with us on social media. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can check out our Pinterest page or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Stay up to date with the video we're producing. Speaking of subscribing, if you've not done so before to the podcast, you'll find links to do that and links to download the Unlocking the Bible app. Both of those are great ways to listen when it's convenient for you. Again, you'll find those links at our website, unlockingthebible.org. Well, I had just a second. I want to remind you, Unlocking the Bible is a listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and your financial generosity to be able to continue to bring you Pastor Collins' teaching. But we want to say thank you for standing with us as a giving partner by sending you Listener Favorites 2015. We've gone back over the past year, and we've tracked the most downloaded and requested messages. And we've taken the top ten and put them together in this special series called Listener Favorites 2015. And we'll send this to you for your financial support this month. Just ask about getting a copy of the series when you call us at 1-866-UNLOCKED or when you give your gift through our website at unlockingthebible.org. Well, thanks for doing that, and thanks for listening today. This program is a production of Unlocking the Bible Ministries. You're ready to offer yourself without condition or reservation to Jesus Christ. But how do you know what God wants you to do? Find out what the will of God is 
on the next Unlocking the Bible. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Father's Day to all of you all. And hopefully, I hope you. I hope you're getting ready for Sunday school. <laughs> I know we are around here. Speaking of Sunday school, we hope that you enjoy your Sunday school, your morning worship, especially you mothers out there. We hope that you will enjoy your Mother's Day. Here is Little Richard and right on, King Jesus. Good morning to you on your early Sunday morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations.
that's what you'll find when you go online to christianlaw.org. That's christianlaw.org. Since they'd roomed together in college, Mitch and Steve had traveled separate paths. That's how Steve saw it. About the time he began business school, Mitch entered seminary. You know, God's work. Mitch became an associate pastor and rose in church ranks. Steve took the corporate route. He excelled at work, raised a family, served at church, and in his community. Both men invested in lives. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge, and I'd like to address a common misconception among believers. Mitch, the pastor, answered no higher calling than Steve, who served God through business. All one body. In common purpose and service, we each live out our place in the high calling of our daily work. Are you standing on solid ground today? Hi, I'm Jonathan Falwell. There's a song that says this, On Christ the solid rock I stand. I love those words. You know why? Because every single one of us, we walk down a road, we travel a path that so often gets us to the place where we feel like we're sinking. Anybody feel like that today? Maybe you've had a rough week walking through challenges and you feel like you're sinking with no hope. You don't know where you're going and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how you're going to make it through. And then you think of those words, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Those aren't just words to a song. It's truth. It's doctrine. It's what we must base our lives on. So today I encourage you, if you're listening and you're going through a time in your life where things are tough and you feel like you're standing in sand or maybe worse, standing in quicksand, and you feel like there is no hope and you're sinking further and further with no hope for victory, my friends, remember who God is. Remember what God has done, that you can stand on the solid rock, the solid rock of Christ. And when you are standing there, there is nothing that can take you down. You will be victorious. You've been listening to One on One with Pastor Jonathan. To learn more, visit fallwell.com, F-A-L-W-E-L-L, fallwell.com. Hey, churchgoers. Looking for a little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspirations and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. We're going to do something a little different for y'all. Because me and my mom was watching the news the other day and a lot of things that's going on in the world, and my mom just happened to just come up with some lyrics to a song. She said, I want y'all to sing this song for me on this CD, because y'all never sung a song for me before. And uh, this is written by mom, and this is what mom told me. She
pizza, you smoothie me, I go pizza, cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon, I'll get you to die for a St. John. It's been like a wake up. God is not so much interested in our service as he is interested in our hearts. 
We've got to refocus the heart. We have to make sure that our heart is in the right place when it comes to serving God. He's saying to regulate your life. Figure out what that means for you so that you can walk in the Spirit. You need to understand what it means to walk in the power of God so that you can have all that God intends for you. The things that we do for God and our outward activities will never allow us to fulfill our mission unless our heart is truly fixed on Him. As Christians, we are called to be many things, but the most important thing is to be called a child of God. One-on-one with Pastor Jonathan. To receive his daily audio devotional free by email each day, visit fallwell.com. Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross and paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that put you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. friends in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sins? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sins? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. 
trust yourself truly to Him, and you too will enter into that joy of sin is forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape? If you neglect so great salvation.
Jenkins 